You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we are continuing our Iowa football schedule breakdown as we go through each and every Power 5 game that Iowa plays in and previews what that team is bringing to the table, what are the top matchups, what are the key storylines, who are the best players, all that on today's episode as we get going into Minnesota and Northwestern, all of our favorite teams. Before we get to that, though, if you want to listen to more content on the Big Ten, you have to check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast. There is simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast app. And again, we are getting into Northwestern and Minnesota. This is a reminder that we also broke down Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The other games prior to this, we had Indiana and Iowa State, both of which I predicted a win in. I know that might be surprising to some. I think Indiana is going to be a bit easier of a game for Iowa than some people think. Iowa State's going to be a very tough game. I do think they will prevail, given the fact they are finally the underdog in this game. Maryland should be an easy win. I do not like what I see from Maryland's roster. Penn State is going to be a very tough game. I do think Iowa wins that game. Then they get Purdue. After a tough stretch of games, I do predict that they are going to lose to Purdue. And they get Wisconsin after a bye week. I am... This is going to be a tough game. I truly think that... They could, this is going to go either way. I think this could be a replica of the 2015 game where it was 10 to 6. I think Iowa has a very good chance of winning this game, but for the sake of understanding how good Wisconsin is at Camp Randall, I will pick Wisconsin in this game. So that leaves us with Minnesota and Northwestern, and tomorrow we are breaking down Nebraska and Illinois. Also, a reminder that I am on vacation this week. I'm actually in Alaska as you are listening to this. And what that means is that I pre-recorded all of these episodes. So if you are looking for any breaking reactions to commitments, any reactions to media days, that will come next week. I apologize for the delay, but sometimes everyone needs a little bit of PTO and vacation. I'm going to be out there fly fishing right now, hiking, kayaking, you name it. I'll be doing it in Alaska. I'm very excited for that. So that being said, let's get into the show today. As I said, we're going to be breaking down the top players, key storylines, and key matchups. And we're going to start with Northwestern. Northwestern is a very interesting team coming into the season. A lot of media has Northwestern high on their list. They look at what Northwestern did last year and they think, you know what? They can replicate that. It's Pat Fitzgerald. I don't think that's the case. I've seen several people say the Pat Fitzgerald effect, right? It's almost equatable to the Kirk Ferentz effect. You know, you're always going to be above average, essentially. You may not be um, having an 11-win season or 10-win season every single year, but you are going to be at least competitive. Last year after Northwestern went 7-2, and two, many thought, you know, many are thinking that this, this team could still be pretty good this year. I'm here to tell you, I don't believe that at all. Northwestern returns 29% of its production on offense and 39% of its production on defense. They're 127th and 126th respectively in the nation in returning production on both sides of the ball. Now, Alabama can handle that. Some schools can handle that in certain positions. I would argue Northwestern is not able to handle that at this point. Now, they are getting even better at recruiting, but this is not going to be the same Northwestern squad that we looked at. And again, most people are 
sitting there thinking, Pat Fitzgerald, this team will be good. It's it's Pat Fitzgerald. When and I I, I think there's this weird perception that Pat Fitzgerald has put together a dominant football team for Northwestern where, you know, they might've had a bad year once, but there's no way they have it every two years or every three years. Let me list out the records. 2020, seven and two, 2019, three and nine, 2018, nine and five, 2017, 10 and three, 2016, seven and six, 2015, 10 and three, 2014, five and seven, 2013, five and seven, 2012, 10 and three, 2011, six and seven, and 2010, seven and six. Northwestern is not the kind of school that can survive that much production loss. And I think if you look at that 2012 season to the 2013 and 2014 season, it could take them some time to rebuild this team. They lost several running backs. Now, granted, that was because one running back emerged. They lost their starting quarterback. Granted, again, they brought in another transfer, but can that transfer pick it up? They lost a first-round cornerback several linebackers. I mean, this is not a team that has an easy job to replace people. And they're looking at replacing some of these guys with true freshmen. So to me, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Northwestern this year. Pick six previews has them at fifth in the big 10 West. um, But they were just a few spots outside of the coaches poll. Again, I think this is more about having the respect for Northwestern and kudos Northwestern for being able to command that respect, despite not being a big name school. But this is not a typical reloading school, and I believe this will be a down year, which means I think this should be an easier game for Iowa than what we have seen in the past. The other thing to note, two other things, they are one of the best one-score teams in the country. Law of averages state that that will regress to the mean at some point. Northwestern had a, has a phenomenal record in one score. And now again, some of that is because of Pat Fitzgerald and how they play football. But at a certain point, the ball doesn't bounce the way you need it to. And at some point, that does regress to the mean. And they are breaking in a new defensive coordinator with a new scheme. One that is going to be pretty heavy on blitzes, but they have a different scheme they are breaking in with an inexperienced team who will be going through the second defensive coordinator in as many years. That is not an easy thing to come back from for Northwestern. And I do think this will be an easy win for the Hawks. And, and and I say easy, when you look at easy wins for the Hawks, I think of two years ago when they won 20 to nothing. There was nothing easy about that score, but it was clear that Iowa was going to win that game. There was no chance that Northwestern was going to be able to do much. I don't like Northwestern's wide receiver group after losing a couple. Iowa's secondary is going to be able to hold them tight. The offensive line is all right. Okay. There really isn't much outside of one guy I want to mention as one of the top three offensive players. Iowa should not have a problem stopping Northwestern's offensive attack. And I believe as long as we can handle some of the complex blitz packages that we might be getting from Jim O'Neill, the new defensive coordinator, Iowa should be able to come home with this win pretty easily. Coming up on segment two, we're going to get into some of those top players. What are those key matchups and the storylines for this season? for Northwestern before we get into our Minnesota preview. So stay tuned for that after a few messages from our sponsors. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this and I I really have, I'm not kidding you. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest, in the moment it feels like a big deal. 
Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd much rather not worry about it, and that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than the most clinical than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I have tried clinical antiperspirants, and they are not fun. Sweatblock is, though, and it's easy to use. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which will hide sweat better. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes. On the Locked On Sports Network. And when we left off, we were talking about why I think Iowa will be able to easily beat Northwestern. But now we're going to get into some of their top players on offense. It was kind of tough to pick out some guys. Peter Skoronowski is the easy one. Um, preseason All-Big Ten type of guy. Um, outside of him, though, there really isn't much from a line perspective. They didn't have a good rushing attack last year because of their line. And they were replacing two guys. But Peter Skoronowski is an All-Big Ten type of offensive lineman. He'll be protecting probably Ryan Helinski, who's a South Carolina transfer. Again, Northwestern had a transfer last year with Peyton Ramsey. That worked out pretty well. Ryan Helinski lost his job in South Carolina, but as a freshman threw for 2,357 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. So he has the ability to play at this level. Will he be able to learn the system and progress like Peyton Ramsey did this past year? That remains to be seen. At running back, the Northwestern Wildcats will be led by Cam Porter. There's a reason why former starter Isaiah Bowser and speedster Drake Anderson transferred. They were losing reps to Cam Porter. Last year at 333 yards on a 4.1 yard per carry average and five touchdowns. Regardless of how well Northwestern is running the ball, they are going to continue to run that ball anyways. They are very much like Iowa in that sense. The better they run the ball, the better they run the ball typically is going to be better the better that Northwestern plays. But they don't have the, I don't think, in my opinion, based off what I'm seeing from a roster perspective, I don't think they have the ability to be a truly dominant run team, which I think will allow Iowa to play more in the box, stop the run, or be able to stop the run easier. And then from a passing game perspective, I'm not impressed by their wideouts. I think Iowa will be able to handle them with their with their strong secondary. So those are the top three offensive players. Defensively, they are not as bad on the defensive side in terms of losing guys. Brandon Joseph was a preseason or was a preseason all big ten kind of guy, an all American player, six interceptions as a freshman defensive back. Chris Bergen, another preseason all big ten type of player, coming into his bonus year, has 227 tackles in his career with 13 tackles for loss. As a linebacker, that will help soften the blow of losing a Patty Fisher. Northwestern also brings in a four star recruit, Mac Uline. So he might actually be getting some playing time considering this cupboard is pretty bare behind. Behind uh, you know Chris Bergen at the linebacker spot, he will have that first crack at replacing Patty Fisher. Could be another, or could be a four-year starter. To me, those are the top six players. Again, I'm not super impressed by this roster. They don't return a lot of um, return production from last year, um, so that'll be very interesting to see how Iowa can handle that. As far as key matchups go, I believe it'll be you know Tyler Linderbaum versus Jim O'Neill. So Spencer Petras has a role in calling out, the, has a big role in identifying what the protection or what the coverage is. But Tyler Linderbaum is responsible for handling the protection along with Spencer. And Jim O'Neill is a Rex Ryan disciple who has a ton of blitz packages. 
and they run a scheme that will allow blitz to come blitzes to come from any angle. So against the Spencer Petras, he will need to be able to handle that. Tyler Linderbaum will need to be able to be aware of that so we can appropriately get the line set so they can block for Spencer Petras. Also, I mentioned the running game. I didn't think I don't think Northwestern's running game is all that strong. But in the past, they do such a good job of just continuing to rely on it that it ultimately does break down Iowa to a degree. So Iowa's linebackers versus Cam Porter is going to be a really interesting matchup here. I think Iowa's defensive line will be able to get a push. So it's all about Iowa's linebackers being able to bring Cam Porter down in the gaps they take on. And again, the passing attack doesn't impress me. So it's really about can Iowa stop that running attack. As far as storylines go, I think the easy one is can Northwestern be a spoiler? I don't think this is Northwestern's year. But they are typically a team that has the opportunity to spoil Iowa's season year in and year out. Look at the Ricky Stanzi era. That was tough to watch. Northwestern, a team that can always ruin a season regardless of how well they are doing. So you always have to be slightly worried about them. Who is right also? National media is giving Northwestern the Pat Fitzgerald effect, but is it worthy here? Teams have down years. And when both Wisconsin and Iowa are strong, I just don't see Northwestern being able to do much this year. But is that the media effect? Is it the, the media giving the hype there? Or is this really the, the case? Is Northwestern actually going to have a good season? That remains to be seen. That'll be a key storyline I will monitor as well. And what will the weather be like? This is the first game Iowa will be playing this season in November. Evanston Field is notorious for having some terrible winds off the lake, which makes kicking field goals incredibly difficult. It makes catching punts really difficult. It makes playing football difficult. Add in the fact that you're in Chicago in November. It could be cold. It could be very windy across the field. It could be very tough conditions. Those will be the storylines I'm watching. Again, I think this is going to be a game much like two years ago. I think Iowa's defense is going to really dominate Northwestern and probably win 20 to nothing, in my opinion. That's what I am, that is what I am predicting at this point is a 20 nothing win for Iowa uh, over Northwestern. I just don't see any way Northwestern scores on Iowa as long as Iowa doesn't turn the ball over. That does do it for our Northwestern preview. So at this point, I believe I have Iowa, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe I have Iowa 7-2 and two coming into the Minnesota game and the final two matchups with Illinois and Nebraska. We are going to get back into the Minnesota preview on segment three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, a little bit longer of a segment three as we break down all of Minnesota, and that'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that after a few messages from our sponsors. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the NFL and college football seasons are right around the corner. Unless you want to bet on preseason games, you can do that right now. But you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs or their path to the Lombardi Trophy. Again, head over to that website, get that free account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have access to computers. Why not save some time and put a little money in your pocket by going to rockauto.com? 
I went to rockauto.com. It saved me 30 minutes of travel time from going to my brick and mortar store. I ordered the parts I wanted. I saved $50. It took me less than five minutes and it was all delivered directly to my door. I cannot state how amazing that felt to avoid having to go to a brick and mortar store and having all of those options on the remarkably easy to navigate website. That is the power of rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, y'all, we are back for our third and our final segment of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Iowa is 7-2 and two to this point after the breakdowns I've been doing. They now have Minnesota up on their schedule and on our preview. And Minnesota is another team that I think – I'm not sure what to honestly expect. I actually, I could see them being a better team than Northwestern. Um, I I think what they return offensively does scare me a little bit, although I have never been a huge fan of Tanner Morgan. I think he is more a product of the environment and the playmakers around him than him being incredibly skilled. That is just my opinion. Um, if for whatever reason, a Minnesota fan is listening to this and disagrees with me, great. Just don't be a jerk about it. Get a lot of hate for, I don't think Tanner Morgan's that great of a quarterback. But, when you look at what Minnesota has, they return nine two-year starters on the offensive side of the ball. Their offensive coordinator last year um, is finally able to install his offense. They obviously had a COVID-shortened season, so it was a little bit difficult to install that offense. You could see that they struggle with that as well. They've relied very heavily on the running game. They lost Tyler Johnson, and Rashad Bateman ended up opting out halfway through the season. But this year... They return a lot of big-time players, especially along the offensive line. Their offensive line will be very tough. It could be the best offensive line Iowa has to go up against this entire season. That's how good Minnesota's offensive line could be. And they are going to be blocking for Muhammad Ibrahim, who was an all-conference running back last year. 1,076 yards, 5.4 yard per carry, and 15 touchdowns. He was a workhorse back. He'll be running behind, again, five fantastic offensive linemen, starting with Daniel Philele. I might have butchered his name. A six foot eleven, four hundred pound monster who opted out last season. He is a freak, and he is an all Big Ten type of player. Connor Olson also an all Big Ten type of player. A four year starter who returns for his bonus here. So that offense is going to be tough for Iowa. It is going to be difficult. But I don't know if I trust Minnesota's passing attack. They do have Chris Ottman Bell still there, but I don't know if I trust the, the passing attack. However, rushing the ball. Iowa is going to struggle to stop that run. It doesn't matter what defense is on the other side of the ball. Minnesota is going to be able to run the ball. So that'll be a very interesting matchup for me. Defensively, they return 84% of their reduction. Well, not reduction, production on the defensive side of the ball. But they don't have much a linebacker, and they're a little bit weaker on the deep, on the secondary side as well after having two defensive backs drafted in the last two years. When I look at this roster, there's really two guys that stand out to me. It's Boy Mafe who's a defensive lineman, all-conference. Really, their only reliable pass threat or pass rush threat on the team. And Coney Dorr, an honorable mention, all-Big Ten cornerback last year, a guy who could be a solid secondary player. But, you know, the thing about defense and what makes Iowa so good is that it's not about one individual player. It's about the entire team working as a unit. And so when I look at this, I'm just not impressed by the unit Minnesota's working with. So I think offensively, they might be really strong. They could be a top four or five offense in the Big Ten. And that's even with me not liking Tanner Morgan. But I think defensively, they might be a bottom four or five defense in the Big Ten. To me, that bodes well for Iowa. I think Iowa's defense is going to be the number one defense in the Big Ten or second. And offensively, I think they 
well, they will have enough firepower to take advantage of Minnesota. At that point, we will have a pretty good idea if Spencer Petras is the answer or we might have a backup quarterback in there like Alex Padilla. Either way, Iowa will have offensively it figured out by that point in my personal opinion. Moving on to the key matchups of this game, Chris Ottman-Bell versus Iowa Secondary. Again, it remains to be seen exactly what kind of offense Minnesota plans on running this year under a new coordinator or under a coordinator who didn't have a lot of time to install the offense last year. We know the run game is huge, but will Iowa be able to stop the run and then focus on Chris Oppenbell with one or two guys? They're going to need to if they really want to win this game. And then Kelvin Bell's defensive line versus Minnesota's offensive line. This could be, and I've said this already, this could be one of the toughest tests Iowa's D-line faces the entire year. It'll be a big test for this unit, and thankfully we get it late in the season. I would not want to go up against Minnesota's offensive line as game number one for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm glad this is a game that's later in the season. As far as storylines go, I, I think the main one here is we will take Floyd and lead the timeouts here. right? They touched on this during Big Ten Media Days. Kirk was annoyed they call a timeout to score against his team. These teams don't really like each other. The fans don't like each other. And P.J. Fleck has never beaten Iowa. Did you know that the Iowa Hawkeyes are the only team in the West that P.J. Fleck has not beaten before? And in fact, Iowa is the only team that P.J. Fleck has coached against more than once in the Big Ten and has not beaten. I believe Iowa is only one of three teams that he has not beaten in general in the Big Ten, but that one really stands out to me. Those are the big storyline. I mean, that's... It, it is a rivalry through and through with Minnesota being better or at least having higher expectations. It makes this a lot more fun of a game than it has been the past. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing if there are any um, passive aggressive moves or statements made by either coach leading up to the game and during the game. Old Kirk, uh, you know, as Kirk gets a little bit older, I feel like he's getting a little bit more uh, passive aggressive and I absolutely love it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out and what happens towards the end, especially. Also, will Minnesota be able to actually kick a field goal this year? Last year, they were so bad at kicking field goals, they had to bring in, or they basically would go for it in situations where they would have normally brought in a kicker to kick a field goal because they couldn't trust their kicker. They brought in two transfers. Are they able to figure out on special teams? That will be a huge deal, especially if Minnesota's offense can take you know, can actually put some points on the board. This will be a close game. This really comes down to, will Iowa's defense stop Minnesota's offense? I think Iowa's offense has no problem running over Minnesota's defense. So if that is the case, if both offenses are moving and grooving, special teams, extra points, field goals, it becomes that much more important. Can Minnesota do that? I don't think so. I don't think their offense is going to be able to move much against Iowa's defense. I don't think special teams is going to be much more improved. And for this reason, I'm predicting Iowa to win this game as well, to move to 8-2 after 10 games in the season, including eight Big Ten games, 6-2 in the conference at this point. And depending on how the conference is shaking out, very much still in the mix of winning a Big Ten West title, depending on how Wisconsin plays the rest of the time. You'd have to have Wisconsin lose three games, or you'd have to obviously beat Wisconsin to make that um, a much more plausible scenario. That does do it for our show today. We will be back tomorrow breaking down Illinois and Nebraska, so stay tuned for that. And if you want more Locked On content, you can check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on your team does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcast app. And that will do it for our show today. Again, a reminder, we will be back on Monday breaking down any news that happened over this week. 
I hope you are enjoying this Iowa football preview. Um, it's something I like to do every year. It worked out from a timing perspective to be able to do this while I was on vacation. So again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for the love, the support. And uh, as always, Hawkeye Nation, have a fantastic Thursday and let's go Hawks.